was 1980, and the coach charged with developing the U.S. hockey team had a daunting task. It was his job to take a group of college students and develop them and train them to play against more professional players from around the world. So he took this group of players and he started as follows. He asked for each one their name. What's your name? Mark Johnson. Where are you from? Wisconsin. Who are you playing for? The University of Wisconsin. And that's how the conversation developed player after player. Each one giving his name, his country of origin, and of course the school in which he played for. And five months before the Olympics, they played a game against Norway. And the result was 3-3. The coach, at the end of the game, was unhappy. They could have done better. They could have done much better. So as his players were about to skate off the ice, he said, not so fast. Come back. We're going to be doing a little bit of training. So they said, okay. So they started going around and around the ice, and they did one incredible practice. And he said, again, again, and again. And eventually, the training manager over there said, stop, it's enough. These people can't cope with any more training. And the coach wasn't interested. He kept on going and going and going. Lap after lap around the ice, practice after practice, until eventually the players became exhausted. And they were puffing. Some of them collapsing on the floor. They were unable to continue. And the coach just kept on going and going. Until eventually, most of the players were collapsed on the floor. And at the back of this group of collapsed players, one voice was heard. Mark Johnson, Wisconsin. And the coach screamed, for whom do you play? And he answered, the United States of America. And he said, gentlemen, you can go back to the locker room. The coach had succeeded in taking a group of individuals, of college students, and uniting them for a common goal. And they went on to play against the unbeatable Soviets, and they won the golden medal. In this week's parasha, parasha Shemini, Shemini, the eighth day of the inauguration of the Mishkan, where we know that Aaron and his sons brought the korbanis, and at that moment, the Shekhinah rested on the Mishkan. The Ramban says the most incredible idea. Says the Ramban that in fact, other people bought more korbanis than Aaron Akain. Why? And that the Ramban answers like this. He says because there was an Avera, there was a sin. And they had to atone for that sin. What was the sin? The sin was Mechiras Yosef. Selling Yosef all those years ago. And the Shemish Shmuel asks, why now? Why specifically now by the inauguration of the Mishkan? What a simcha, what a yontav. Now we have to atone for Mechimus Yosef, for the selling of Yosef that happened so many years ago. And the Shemish Shmuel answers like this. He says, what was the Mishkan? It was called the Oil Moyed. Klal Yisrael were no longer able to offer private bomois, private korbanas. It had to be done together. It had to be done in unity. Klal Yisrael as a whole, no longer as an individual. Yosef had Sadiq, the brothers thought, was there 
to in order to disperse them, not to unite them. And we, at that time of the inauguration of the Mishkan, had to atone for that Avera. They had to atone for the Avera of the opposite of unity, the opposite, opposite of Achtas. That's the Mishkan. That's the message, says the Shemesh Mul in this week's parasha. That the Mishkan represents the most tremendous unity, tremendous Achtas. And when we have that Achtas, we then have the Shechina. Rabbi Sai, we've been through so much. We've been through so many trials, so many tribulations. What is going to bring the Shechina? The answer, says the Shemesh Mul in this week's parasha, is Achtas. When we realize that we're no longer individuals, but we're just part of one part of Klal Yisrael, then Be'ez HaShem, the Shechina, will rest on all of us. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Yeah.